Welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. Matthew chapter 24. So as we wrap up this year, you know, we've been talking about this journey to spiritual maturity and probably all of us um, have at some point at least been, uh, had the idea um, that, man, as long as I'm baptized into Christ, it's all good at that point. You know, we kind of have this idea of, of, man, you just kind of have this conversion experience and then everything is okay. Um, except what's amazing about that is the vast majority of the New Testament says the opposite of that, right? The, the, the New Testament teachings tell us that, yes, we do have to be born again. That has to happen. But then God's glory is shown through people as we change through his spirit. That's how the world sees us. The world doesn't just see us because we have some kind of corny Christian lines to pass along to them, you know? I mean, and that's kind of, unfortunately, Christianity has kind of been tagged that way because we've kind of made it that way a little bit, you know? And, um, and, and the world is supposed to be seeing us change and grow and mature and, and, and not to stay the same. So whether you've been a Christian for five years or 10 years or 15 years or one year, Whatever it is, is this idea of this journey that we're on and the spirit that, that God puts inside of us is meant to conform us and transform us into actually who he is, which is really, really great. And we're kind of bringing that plane in. It's been the entire year we've looked at this and hopefully you've taken some time to examine, to take a look at what's different now than 12 months ago. What's, what's different in the way me and you think? What's different in the way in, in our zeal and our love for people and our love for our neighbor and our love for God? How are those things changed? And, and the truth of the matter is there's a lot of us in here, a ton of us, and, and you would go, I'm very different now than I was 10 or 11 months ago. Right. And here's the truth of the matter. It isn't because you're a part of a great church. It's not a part of living in Clemson. It's not a part of any of those things. It's a function of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that has to we have to understand that. Right. Is that's what the Holy Spirit does. Um, And so as we dig into this, we're going to read here in Matthew 24. If you were hoping like you thought, man, it's December 11th, like this is when preachers should start preaching Christmas messages. Right. And people love that stuff. Like, but here's the crazy thing is, is that we kind of like being given information about about Christmas. Right. Like, listen, I've preached whole sermons on like there were more than three wise men. And you all know what? it's like people love it. And then I walk away and I'm like, you know what? That really didn't do anything to change me at all. But it was great information. And we can go out as Christians, and I'm not sure if we're like under some illusion that we can go up and like share that information with somebody. And they're going to go, you know what? I have lived for myself for so long. I will now die because you have passed along a piece of information that has changed my life. 
that there are more than three wise men, okay? I've shared with you the stories of my own, like, just revelation of what a manger actually was, okay? Some of you remember for years, I, I didn't know it was the food trough. I thought it was just the building, right? <laughs> okay? But, and here's the thing is, there hasn't been anybody I've shared that with that they've gone like, hey, where's water for me to get baptized? Okay? It, it, it has never happened, but somehow we think if it's Easter or Christmas, if we can come up with some like amazing fact that no one else knows, that the world will be like, what am I doing living in sin? Okay? And so the message today is a Christmas message. All right? But we're not going to talk about wise men. We're not going to talk about myrrh and gold and frankincense as much as we would want to know amazingly interesting facts about those things. Okay? That's what we have the internet for. Like those things specifically, okay? Like, listen, there's a lot of things. Don't look on the internet for, for like, answers. Dude, go and look all over the place about magi and stars and Babylonians and all that kind of stuff, man. Feel free, okay? But, but here's the truth. Um, there is, I don't know of a single message, quite honestly, that isn't a Christmas or an Easter message, just frankly, you know, I mean, it all really comes down to this. And so here, what are we talking about today? The famous Christmas message of be alert, (laughs) right? We're going to talk about verses to say that Satan is prowling like a lion, be like, dude, I mean, think about it. Could you imagine sending out Christmas cards that said that? (laughs) Hey, be alert. (laughs) Satan is prowling like a lion. He wishes to devour you. (laughs) You know, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Right? Okay? We're like, you know, but here in Matthew 24, so just, like I said, bear with me. You can walk away from this and go on, how on earth do we have a preacher that preaches a stupid message like this before Christmas? But just like, bear with me here. Matthew 24, verse 36. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Okay? The day of what? Well, the day when Jesus comes back, when everything's over with. Okay? And again, we can take a whole other path. I know there's like a huge genre of websites and books that try to tell us that we know the exact day and the exact time. I'm going to go ahead and believe this right here, right now, that no one knows it. Okay? Um, As it was in the day of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people are eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known, At what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. 
I tell you the truth, he'll put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says, my master's staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he doesn't expect him in an hour he's not aware of. And he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? I mean, Merry Christmas, everybody, right? I mean, that's just one of those things right there. But here's... These are those kind of things when, we, when we're reading these passages. And again... We, we have to always keep in mind, if, if I'm a Christian, here's what that means. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to do good. It doesn't mean I'm a good person. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means that I have died and I am an apprentice of Jesus, who is the king. Okay, And what that means is the king gets to tell me what I do with my life and how I think and how I live and how I treat people. Because there's a whole... Um, like there's, a, I, I have a whole posse in my head of people, okay, that are telling me a lot of different things, okay, and that's not. I know Royce is going. Maybe Keith needs to see me later, okay. I probably do, but not for this thing, okay. Is is we've got all of these voices in our heads, all right, and and they're all kind of like fighting over one another and all of these kind of things. And the truth of the matter is, is that. We just kind of have to like bring it back down to, you know, what is God telling us here? Like, what is he asking us to do? Okay, and so he says, you just won't know the time. You're not going to know when that's happening, but Jesus will come back. So if he's my king and I'm his apprentice and he's teaching me what to do, then this requires us to go, okay, well, what would our king have us do? How would he have us be? Right. Because, again, of all the different voices in our head, there's King Jesus who's speaking. But then there's also like like old Keith that's speaking. Right. And and then there's a lot. Then there's comfortable Keith that can speak and selfish Keith and all of these voices. Instead of going, hold on a minute, um, let me be an apprentice to the king here. And when he comes back, here's the crazy thing. He says, guys, I need you to be alert. Okay, we're alert. Honestly, like we're we're pretty as a as a community of people. Like oftentimes we're alert over a lot of different things. Okay, Um, there there are different churches that they're alert as far as like if somebody wanted to come and kill the preacher. And so like we have like that happens in places. Uh, Here's what I would say. Let them do it. Okay, just let them come on in. Okay, but here's the thing. Jeff is like, what did he say? But here's the thing is, is, but, but the truth of the matter is, is we stay alert oftentimes for danger. We stay alert because we think we're in danger. We stay alert over a lot of different things. But then Jesus is here. It's like, here's the deal. We don't really know when that day is coming. So like, be aware, just like the guy, he wouldn't have allowed his home to be broken into if he knew that it was about to be. Like he would have been alert and aware and all these things. And so as he says this in verse 45, who then is the faithful and wise servant? All right. That's that's the million dollar question. Who who is that servant? And he says that uh, that uh, servant is it will be good for that servant who master whose master finds him doing so, which is what taking care of those that he has given responsibility to. All right. And so, again, we're going to read a number of verses about this. 
All right. And, and I want us to just starting out here just to be aware and start the process of asking the question is, OK, when our king comes back. What will he find me and you doing? How will he find us living? Will he come back and say, this is exactly what I've asked you to do and you're doing it. And that's phenomenal. That's awesome. Amen. Or will he come back and go, man, I found you just doing whatever you want to do. Like living however you want to live. You know, uh, kind of listening to all the other voices, the voices of the world and the voices of self-centeredness and all these things that Jesus teaches us about. And so we have this idea here of just alertness, right? Uh, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 4, okay? We're just going to go through a few of these and some of them just need to be read, uh, they don't need a whole lot of commentary on them. I think uh, more than anything, us hearing what these guys are saying, whether it's Matthew, whether it's Peter, whoever it is, like what are they telling us here? First Peter 4, verse 7. He writes this, The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so you can pray. Right? This is probably a message that we should be sharing with one another because this was written a long time ago. This was written a couple thousand years ago. And he says the end is near. Okay, my 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 point in doing this isn't to create like some emotional stir or something like fear and 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 like, oh, my goodness, we have to make like, no, 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 no. Um, more than anything is that we hear what he's telling us to make the changes that need to be made to live the way we're called to live. So he says the end is near. Be clear minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. All right. So, so think about that. When was the last time you were clear-minded? Because here's the interesting thing. It is really, really hard to pray while I'm distracted. While I have all kinds of other things on my mind. When I am all worried about what's going on in my life right now, it is so, so difficult. And here's the interesting thing. He gives us, he gives me and you one thing to do. He says, here's what I want you to do. Be clear-minded and self-controlled. Why? To pray. That, that is one of those things we're going to see over again, over and over again, is, is apprentices of Jesus, we should be people of prayer. And that oftentimes comes like, that means more praying than just thank you for my food. That's more than just where can I fit in prayer so it doesn't like mess my day up. Like I don't want to give up any sleep to pray. I don't want to give up any, any entertainment to pray. I don't want to give up any of those things. So I have to like begin finding places where I can pray, well, oh man, you know what? I, I'm in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A like three times a week. I could really spend that time praying. And I don't even mean that cynically. I mean that those are the ways we think oftentimes. And here's the deal is, is yes, pray in the line at Chick-fil-A. That's great, you know, or at McDonald's or wherever it is. 
But I want us to kind of pay attention because prayer, what can happen is we begin trying to find places we can put it that will have like the least amount of kind of disturbance to our life. Except he's saying that, no, it's the time is near. Pray. And he says, above all, love each other deeply. Right. So so thinking of, of our community right here. Right. Is. Are you, and, and these are just questions we have to ask ourselves. And he says, above all, here's the deal. Love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. There's something about that is that requires some like interconnectivity as well. Like knowing my community, do I know my brothers and sisters well enough? Have I spent any time? Have I communicated all about anything? Study the Bible together to, to love deeply one another. Okay? But he's saying, listen, the end is near. We need to be alert. He says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There's a there's a side of this that's like really comforting. Right. Because he isn't sending us off in like some kind of crazy tizzy or anything like that. He's saying, here's the thing. Be self-controlled, be clear minded so you can pray. Examine like, is there a, a deep love for one another? That, that's more than just going, no, huh? no, I, I love my brothers. That's that's different, like a deep love. Then he says, offer hospitality without grumbling. All right. It's just welcoming people in with with warmth. Like bringing people under my roof, you know, isn't that interesting? He's saying this is how we uh, prepare for this. The end of all things is near. Jump over to chapter five. okay, verse eight. He says this, Peter continues, be self-controlled and alert. All right, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of this that talks about being self-controlled. Of not lashing out, of not, uh, again, losing. We understand what that means to lose self-control. Right? Is we just kind of like go crazy, we behave in all kinds of ways, we just give in. There's no no any longer in our lives, okay? He says, here's the deal. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay. So so here's here's the thing for us to keep in mind. I think it can be it can be overly simplistic to just say any challenges we have in the world it's because of Satan. Because that's not true. All right? There's me and you as selfish people that our own selfish desires will drag us away. Our own our own kind of just uh, inward focus will drag us away and be tempted, right? And so we have kind of this this kind of selfish nature that we have to worry about. But then there truly is Satan who wants to devour me and you. Like that's what he wants. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It's hard for us to... I oftentimes think, man, what would it be like if 
we actually were able to get our hands on a lion and just turn them loose in here. And, and it's like, that would be funny because we know that couldn't happen. Okay? But here's the truth of the matter is there are places in this world where there actually is danger to life. These are the passages that become very difficult for, for me as a guy that lives in Clemson who could go into my home and it's climate controlled, okay, that I can go down to Publix and buy whatever I want and I can have all the entertainment I want, all the Netflix I want, all the friends I want, have all the leisure I want. And then I read something like this and go, eh, it's no big deal. This is why in many regards, I know as a country, We've oftentimes thought that America is who will go and evangelize the entire world, except here's the surprising thing is the rest of the world is trying to evangelize us. Yeah. All right, the rest of the world looks at us and says they're not Christians because of their comfort and their leisure and their ease and that they don't even know, like their pulse doesn't even race when they think that there could be spiritual danger. It's like, no, we, we got this. People in America don't get devoured spiritually, do they? That doesn't happen. That's not happening in our world, right? Except it's happening. It's happening in front of us. It's happening in church pews. It, this, these things are happening. And I think if we saw, like Steve said, a physical reality, there would be alarm at what's going on and what we allow around us and what we allow in and what we're kind of like, hey, okay, it's all right. Just like be careful around that line. It's like, no, man, this lion wants to devour me and you and our children and our friends. And, but you know, uh, isn't it easy too when we live in like a very comfortable society to go, no one's lost. Satan has stopped hunting us. He doesn't come to us anymore and try to, it, we know he tried it with Jesus, but he wouldn't mess with us, right? There's like this arrogance that comes to us. And this is what, these might be the most difficult passages in the Bible because it's very easy to go, oh man, I've heard this preached before. I heard alert. Okay, I'll be alert. What's the big deal? Listen, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm going to hitch my wagons to this idea of I'm going to be good enough one day for Jesus to want me in heaven with him. And, and, and I, I feel like these are those verses that probably should start raising our pulse just a little bit to go. There is a reality of evil that is stalking everyone. He says, here's the thing. He's looking for someone to devour resist him how stand firm in the faith because you know your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering okay and so again what are we being left by with each of these scenarios okay is we're being left with this idea of me and you we've got to go and kind of sit in these verses and go man is my life in any way shape or form rep like representative of this idea of, man, I'm not in a physical war or a physical battle or in physical danger. In fact, in the kingdom of God, we're safe in that regard. But in reality, am I living in a way that I'm going, you know what? Here's the deal is standing firm and being alert and understanding about being self-controlled through the Holy Spirit. All of these things are, are so 
amazingly important, okay? And here's the interesting thing is, is there's kind of like a graduation from, you know, if you're younger, you think this will never happen. It doesn't happen. It's not real. There's no danger, okay? But what's interesting as you get older, you're going, no, no, there's danger. There's a lot of danger, and Satan's not messing around. Like, Satan is serious about these things, just like Jesus was serious about this, okay? Is, so is Satan. Unfortunately, sometimes, even as parents, as we get older, okay, is that we almost are more concerned for our kids' physical safety than their spiritual safety. You know? I mean, these are, these are pretty significant verses right here. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And... Um, and again, uh, what, what's the goal? What's the purpose of this? On our journey, and as we mature spiritually, we begin to have a, a deep understanding of this spiritual battle we're in. Not an emotional back and forth like, oh my goodness, now I'm scared. It's this idea of appreciating what we live in. Appreciating what's around us. Appreciating that there is a spiritual battle going on. Like really, truly understanding that there are these forces that are kind of like interacting with us and they're real here. First Thessalonians chapter five. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we don't need to write to you for, you know, very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We don't belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be, again, alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Okay. Um, again, uh, th these messages are so difficult. And these passages are so difficult because, again, we, I think we all have to come together and, and, and kind of see the flat side to our existence here. And, and the flat side is, is we just are way, can be way too irreverent about these scriptures in the Bible. We can just be way too easily go, man, that's not going to happen to me. Not going to happen to my family. Now, you don't understand. We all had conversion experiences. Okay? And I just have to tell you, that's not going to cut it. It never has. It's not going to. Okay? Is we, we can't go and say, well, why are you a disciple? Well, man, back in June of 1997, I was baptized into Christ. That's why I'm a disciple. No. Man, I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but he lives in me. All right. There's no it's it's living out this life. It's not this hanging on to a conversion experience. 
And so being realistic about that and encouraging one another with that, he says here at the end, we should encourage one another with this is, hey, we're not sure when the time is. We don't know when it is, but we have an opportunity to love each other well. And we have an opportunity, instead of wasting time, of using the time we've been given to do the work God has given us, which is really good. You know, we shared on uh, midweek, right, is how, how long would it take for us to get tired of being with Jesus? How long would it take, do you think? Like, when we're up with him, you know, let's say we're all together with him. After a couple weeks, we'll be like, but man, where's, where's the fun stuff? Up here. Like, where's the... Isn't there stuff we're supposed to get? Like, mansions and stuff? Like, where's my riches and my money and my things and my, you know, PlayStation and all of those things? Where's all that? I guarantee you, those will not be the questions we're asking. We will be basking in the presence of Jesus. It'll be like, this is too good. This is too amazing. This is too, there won't be a time, okay? And what he's sharing with us is that should be how we're living here on this earth, too. Is when he's calling us to love each other deeply and to be self-controlled and to walk in the spirit and to pray and all these things. Is he's teaching us how to live in the kingdom here. He's teaching us how to do that while we're here on earth, to live in this kingdom that is this beautiful, amazing, wonderful, except you want to know what? The kingdom becomes really a drag to be a part of when I'm trying to be just about me and not self-controlled and not a person of prayer, not a person who loves deeply and not a person who surrenders to the Holy Spirit. It just becomes a drag because we're going, man, I thought it was supposed to be cool to be a Christian. I thought it was supposed to be fun to be a Christian. I thought like, where's all the good stuff that comes to being a Christian? And we forget that the presence of Jesus is the good of being a Christian. Like that is what the, what the gift is. That's what the prize is, is that, okay? So here's the interesting thing. Um, we're, we're moving close to 2023, okay? And, and I really do, I don't know, people are different. Some people love like the new year. Some people love a new day, a new week, a new month. And it like it stimulates you to make decisions. Some people, not so much, and that's okay. But as we're getting to 2023, how about this? How about we like really make it our goal um, to deal with our distractions, how about that, okay? I've talked to a number of brothers and sisters this year. You have stopped social media. And there hasn't been one that has been like, man, I really miss that. Can I tell you all the, can I tell you all of the fear I had before giving up social media? I'm like, how am I going to keep up with everybody? Like, I got friends in California. I have friends in Florida, North Florida, South Florida, here. I got friends all over the place. How am I going to keep up with them? You know, you know how big a problem that's been? Zero. It turned out, all the people that I've been trying to keep up with, there's been people, if, if we were going to have a relationship, it's very easy to talk to one another. I haven't needed to follow the daily habits of their life. I haven't needed to know what any of my friends' political opinions are. There hadn't been a single one of those that I miss at all. Okay, I think about, but man, if I'm not on Instagram, though, how am I going to see all these great pictures? You know what's interesting? I see all the great pictures I want to see without Instagram. I do. 
I do. It's just like, man, I, I really, listen, here's the deal is, if my family that lives in Florida does something really cool and they want me to see a picture, like we do have this thing, they could send me the picture. Okay? And it really saves time, I found, because I don't have to look at people posing in front of plates of food. I don't, if you do that, that's totally fine, okay? That's not sin, that's not any of those things. I'm just saying it's not worth time. Okay? It, it just isn't. It's just one of those things. But there's a distraction of that that, believe me, it, I am so embarrassed at, at admitting this, but there were, when I first got my hands on social media, all right, I, I would post things and I would tweet things, okay? I would, you know, whatever, put things on. And I was positive. Everyone was waiting to find out what I was doing. Every, I was like, people are going to love this. I mean, Christmas time was like my Facebook time where I could quote all of the funny Christmas vacation quotes. You know, I got more response back from people. I'm like, this is life. There's 50 people that just responded back to this funny quote. Except I haven't done it in a long time. And you know what? Life has been fine. People stop social media and they go, we do our 21 day fast. And they're like, man, my life has been so much better. I'm so much more clear minded. I'm so much more focused. I'm so much more able to pray. But we're counting the time down on the 21 days. Can I start at 1201 a.m.? Like, can I get back into that? All right. What am I saying all this before? It's hard to be alert when we're distracted. But I think as Christians, I think it's very easy. And again, if you have social media, listen, man. We're not, I'm not banning social media, okay? But I am saying this. I think we need to be real in our own lives about how we're using social media. So, interesting thing, as I use my phone here, every minute, this is what happens, okay? Every minute, Snapchat users share 527,000 photos. Every minute of every day. Half a million photos. That overwhelms me just hearing that. Okay? Users watch 4.1 million YouTube videos every minute. 4.1 million. Instagram posters post 46,000 photos. More than 300 million photos are uploaded every day. Every minute there are 510,000 comments posted and 293,000 statuses updated. Okay, what do I say about all that? It's easy to become distracted. There's a lot of information. You know, all the data that we have, there's this really neat uh, thing here that uh, I found on the internet interwebs. (laughs) Is that uh, I usually just print this stuff out, but then do you guys ever watch the commercial about the guy who don't become your father? And he says, you don't have to print the internet. (laughs) Okay, I I print the internet. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I don't even know what this means, but some of you do. That the amount of data we produce every day, uh, there are 2.5 quintillion bytes of data created each day. I don't know what quintillion is, but that's a lot. Okay, here's the deal. Over the last two years alone, 90% of all the data we've had ever has been produced. In the history of the universe, 90% of the data has been produced in the last 24 months. 
All right. So why I'm saying that is we're crazy to think that we're not distracted. We're crazy to think that. And so the, when, when we start hearing things like, hey, be alert, be self-control, be alert so we can pray. What that's calling us to do is going, man, let me get into let me get some really like radical ideas about how distracted we are. And then what's going to happen? What will I do? What will I say no to? Will I, will I actually go? You remember in, in Ephesus, the guys that burned their scrolls? And the scrolls were worth so much money, but they were convinced these are not what disciples of Jesus do. We don't have time, effort, money, or energy for any of these things. But what will repentance look like for me and you when it comes to being alert, when it comes to being self-controlled? When it, what will that look like? Okay, and again, I can't give an answer for all everyone in here. That's why we have the Holy Spirit and we have one another to like work through and pray through these things. Right. Because there were a couple things. So let's finish up with this. Go over to Amos chapter six. Okay, this this is the thing. Um, If you haven't spent much time in the Old Testament, um, if you haven't spent much time in the minor prophets, Amos is a minor prophet. Um, I, I love this because we get an idea of the way God views life on this planet. We get an idea for that, okay? So Amos chapter 6. Again, hopefully we have ears to hear this. Woe to you who are complacent and you who feel secure on Mount Samaria. You notable men of the foremost nation to whom the people of Israel come. Go to Kalna and look at it. Go from there to the great Hamath. Then go down to Gath and Philistia. Are they better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? But you put off the evil day and bring near a reign of terror. You lie on beds inlaid with ivory and lounge on your couches and dine on choice lamb and fatted calves. And and we may be saying, like, I don't have a bed of ivory. I don't like lamb. I don't like any of these things. But I think we understand the picture that's being painted here is this idea of we strum away on our harps like David. We improvise on musical instruments. We drink wine by the bowlful and we use the finest lotions. But we don't grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Right? And and isn't it interesting that when Jesus began the Sermon on the Mount, he said this, he goes, blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are those who mourn. Right? Is when we're alert and we take a step back, we start to see that, man, this is a really, really, really rotten world we live in. And there are a lot of people. uh, That doesn't mean there's not beautiful things. That doesn't mean there's not good things, okay? But when we look around, we live in a world of lostness. We live in a world of people who just want to find Jesus. They want to be freed from captivity, all right? Their life is pure chaos. Their life is pure pain. Their life is pure, and they're just looking around like, man, is there anybody mourning over the state of the city of Clemson? or the state of South Carolina, or something like that, and just mourning and going, man, but we have been given a Holy Spirit to guide us, not so we can just have more things or more leisure or more whatever experiences, but this idea to look around and go, man, we've been equipped to work with God. And he's placed us in professions and in classrooms, and he's placed us among people and set us loose and said, man, that's your ministry right there. 
that right there, there are those people from professors to students to roommates to all of these things. And he's saying, man, be alert because we don't know when the time is. We don't know when that is. And not from a standpoint of, oh man, I want, I'm so desperately scared of that. But the idea of, man, we have really some amazingly good work to do. Right. And, and if if you're having a hard time connecting with that, I want you to think about when you were studying the Bible and when that person was reaching out to you and opening up the scripture to you and you were starting to like make connections and connecting the dots about who who I am and how I am not in Christ and seeing how there's this amazing grace and that I can be washed of my sins and I can have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And it, there are so many of us that have the experience of going, that was the greatest time of my life was to come to that when everything seemed like, I'll give whatever up for this. This is so good. I will tell anyone about it. I will give up everything. That was just an amazing time of life. And what Jesus is telling us is we get to enter back into that with people. Okay, so if you've experienced that before, if you've experienced that, that's one of the greatest things that Jesus is telling us to fill our time with is now go and enter into the lives of the lost and experience that same thing. I want you to also think about the person who was reaching out and studying the Bible with you. Were they miserable? Were they tired of you? Didn't want to be around you? Did it seem like their life was just a wreck? No, everything we saw was like, man, this, this is what I'm looking for. And this is what I want. And again, we can get so distracted that that can even start looking like a, just a task. Right? Like it's just a task. Man, you're just getting in the way. Like lost people are just getting in the way of my fun and leisure. And, and all of the things I'm trying to have a life. Right. But we've been given this opportunity and we've been given like this this call to hey, be alert. If we've been distracted, listen, now's the time to like really deal with that. OK, now, again, I just want to be like very clear about that is I don't want you to feel in false guilt if you have some social media account. OK, I don't want you to go. Oh, my goodness. I just snapped a picture of my meal. OK, and listen, please. That the point of all of that is not to say that rather than I would like for all of us to take a deep examination of my life and not to be scared to give up something that we are being taken captive by. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC. 